Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Hello again. Welcome into Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network, taking you into the garage area and talking to the folks that make the race cars go around the racetracks. I'm Steve Post, pit road reporter for Motor Racing Network, joined by 25-time and championship-winning crew chief Todd Gordon. Hello, Todd. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I wasn't in Michigan, so I didn't get be, the extended be, stay, be, and, be and honest, I got to watch it from Be home. honest. Sunday evening, you were jealous of us. You were jealous of us trying to find hotels, trying to find rooms, trying to find a bite to eat. You were jealous of us. Be honest. No, you weren't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's part of what Mother Nature throws, though. It just is. And we got some racing in on Sunday. We got the tail of two races. No doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was good stuff at Michigan. The one common thing being in the 19 car was stupid fast all, Ooh, all night long. Man, and, and didn't end up winning. I know. We joked around on one of our. Uh, we joked around on one of our commercials. I've never known what it is. To be the skinny, scrawny kid at the go-kart track, <laughs> I'm going to ask Martin Truex Jr. what that feeling is like to have that kind of speed. Yeah. I yeah. mean... I was willing to give him the trophy after after that oh, drive in stage two when they pitted with, what, four, 13, 14 to go, came out 14th, and he just drove through the field. Yeah. And, and was like three seconds back and just run him down and, and beat him. It was, uh, it was impressive run for the 19 team to not end up winning. <laughs> I felt badly for him in some yeah. ways, but yeah, you do because you just had did everything. But but super excited for Scott Graves and and Chris Busher because they had a good car. Yeah. They were they were in that top five range and they executed. They put together a plan. They worked with a with a non teammate, but somebody on their strategy and and got themselves where their plan executed. And and then honestly, you have to you have to give Chris Busher credit because he drove a perfect race. He controlled the lanes. He put Martin where he didn't want to be. He, when Martin did get a run through lap traffic, he, he, he made Martin be aggressive at a place where Martin about wrecked himself. I, I, I know, not, not deviously. Thought it was good yeah. racing. Yeah. Um, Martin showed his talent because we saw many other future or former champions wreck their race cars doing that. Doing that, yeah. He caught right. his. Um, so... It was a great, great race. Good stuff. Right I, on my I, seat till the last lap. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching that. What, what I thought was interesting, and I, and I asked Chris about it in our MRN, um, our MRN Victory Lane interview, asked him about it, and I said, what is that cat and mouse game like at the end? And he said, all day, Sunday, and all day, I paid attention to what the, what the second car was doing, what I was dealing with when I was back in traffic. And I just decided to try to apply everything I learned to Martin Truex back there. And by God, lessons learned, that's for sure. He did well. He did well. And you've got to, you know, execution for, it wasn't for five laps. No, my God. It was, it was three quarters of a fuel run. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it brought back memories of Joey Logano winning Kansas when Kevin Harvick had him covered. And he just drove the dirty air to him every lap for a entire right. fuel run. Chris Buescher. Handled lap traffic, didn't get himself in a bad position. The one time he got stuck in traffic and Martin got a run on him, I, I, I thought he executed the race perfectly. Yeah, yeah, he did. And, and they were good. 
they were good. They were right. a top five oh, car. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like they came from nowhere, but on a day when Martin looked so, so dominant, so separated from the field, Chris showed that he put it together and, and, and brought out a, a race win. Don't tell me that wins don't bring confidence. No doubt about it, because that was a confident race car yes. driver over the last quarter of that race. Yes. That's, that's uh, 20% of that race. Um, RFK Racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad, you know, Brad had arguably in Richmond the car to beat and had a little messed up on pit road, still recovered to a sixth place finish. Yeah. You know. Brad will tell you that Chris was better than him. But, okay. but yes, yes exactly. they were one, two. They were one, two. They were one, they two. Were two. Ended up one, six. And, and here they were, they were. Two, three, two, four, and they ended up one, four. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That team was executed. I had something I, I really caught, and, and I'm the, the further I go in this sport, and you've shared this with me, and you probably have triggered this to me, listening to Brad Keselowski. Okay. And I, and I listened to him in a press conference on Saturday, and my mind just, he is, he is just so sharp. Coming down pit road in the rain delay. Okay. It was a punch list of what I want to see. I want to see this SMT data. I want to see this, that. I want to see this. 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 And he's literally, and I you know the engineer's there. I'm saying scribbling. The engineer is there typing it yeah. in. And then he just says, and I'll see you on the pit box. When you get a chance to debrief, and I and asked Brad about it on, on Monday when we went back to racing, he said, yeah, when in our sport do you get a chance to debrief in the middle of a race like that? And I just wanted to see where I could be better. Well, mm-hmm. and he finished fourth. I mean, he mm-hmm. came, he, 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 was, he was probably a sixth-place guard at that point. He brought home to a fourth-place finish. I just find Brad and that opportunity to debrief in the middle of the race, I found that a fascinating dynamic that we had with this Michigan race. Yeah, it's an opportunity. And that's one thing that I think, you know, in my years of experience around Brad and with Brad, he never leaves any stone unturned. He's, he's a consummate, how can we be better? He's got, he understands Roger's formula. Right, looking out the <laughs> yeah. front windshield, always trying to be better, uh, and, and Brad's that way as, as well. And he just wants to be about it. So, um, really cool to see that. Really cool to see that. I, I think every driver would say would have said on that list. The first thing on that list is, show me Martin Truex Jr.'s traces because I want to understand how good he is. Yeah, because he's yeah. he's just the ability <laughs> to roll speed into the corner and through the center even on the bottom was phenomenal yeah oh it was funny when that stage two ended because brad was one of the cars martin passed at the end we get done he cues him like wow trix is good that's all he said <laughs> <laughs> that was funny um couple of attaboys here we have talked over the last month and and, and we had darian grub on last week Trackhouse mm-hmm. racing uh wasn't one two but it was six seven for Trackhouse racing really good day for that team yeah yeah turned around and ross led a fair amount of the yeah. early part of that um you know they, they definitely looked to be back in the form that i would have expected them to be all year long not the not the lull they've had the last three or four weeks. Right. And Legacy Motor Club, Eric Jones, Dave Ellens. How about that? Yeah. Solid day for him. Solid day. 10th place finish. Yeah. And they ran up there or better a lot of it. So yeah. uh, they continue to, to work things forward. I think, uh, I think they're, they're doing a good job. They're doing a good job. Got to get a win. Got three races left. Got to get a win. And boy, with the challenges, that team is that, that team's in a weird spot. And, and I don't want to put you in a weird spot because you're part of that team. But with changing manufacturers and then the ultimate dynamic with the teammate with Noah Gregson and everything like that. I think that's part of what makes what, what Eric and that team did even better is there's a lot going on over there and they did a really good job with a 10th place finish. And we will talk about this in a little bit, but we're getting ready to talk to our guest. Jeremy Bullen's going to join us here on the program. Uh, and we have got a playoff bubble for the ages. And we'll talk about that when we preview Indy coming up in a little bit, because 
this is going to be fascinating. Yeah, this this next three races, it's going to be really interesting because if you look at our bubble and all the way back, you know, you you go all the way back to Chase Elliott. Yeah. uh, You know, Austin Sindrick is ahead of him, but a great road course racer. It's going to be good to talk to to see what Jeremy sees out of the next three. That's right. Absolutely. So Jeremy Bowens is our guest. He'll join us next. This NASCAR season, Toyota Racing isn't looking for just anyone to join the team. No, we're looking for bankers, the ones who are open on Sundays. So if you live for the gravity-defined 31-degree banks like this one on Turn 4 in Daytona, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network, and let's go right to it. Joining us from up at Team Penske, Jeremy Bowens joins us. Hello, Jeremy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're doing well. Tell me about Michigan, 12th place run up there. Uh, what did you guys learn? Just just how did that one unfold for you guys? Uh, you know, it was a pretty solid day for us. Uh, Michigan's one of those tracks where you really have to play the track position game. So we did right sides, left sides, just trying to, to cycle ourselves forward all the time as much as we could. And, and it worked out for us. We kept track, good, you know, good average track position all day. Uh, had a little miscommunication on the last stop. I, you know, called for four. He thought we were doing two. So he tried to leave a little early there. But, you know, we uh, still didn't lose a whole lot. Managed to come out of there with a solid day and, and finish 12th. Uh, it's good to be disappointed about 12th for sure. Yeah, yeah. And one thing you brought up there, you said doing lefts, doing rights. Back when I was around with the old car, lefts were a nightmare. How is this car with left side tires? Is it a challenge still? Are they really loose to start with or how does that work out? Uh, definitely freed the balance up early in the run when you have the, the air pressure split from the new left. But, um, you know, it came in in a few laps and was okay for sure. Really cool. Really cool. So, so you look at this, and I, I really, you know, I thought a decent run and, and one to build off of as you go forward. The last couple of months have been a challenge for you guys. How do you, how do you keep your team together and your chemistry together through a stretch like that to, to get to a point where you've got runs like this? Well, I think, you know, the, the main thing for us is, you know, this core group has been together for a long time. Uh, it's the same group of people that, you know, almost won a championship at the end of 2020 and have had good runs, you know, last year and, and even this year we've had a couple of good runs so it's it, we know what we're capable of um we know what Austin's capable of we know what our team's capable of so really for us it's just kind of keeping the faith that you know when everything comes together we're gonna we're gonna be where we need to be and, and you know this is one of those weekends where i like pulled austin last night we got 98 percent of it right we had the one little error on pit road that kept us from probably finishing seventh grade and and you know i think uh, days like that give you the confidence that okay like when we do our job and we execute and get everything right we're going to be where we need to be um, yeah it's a great weekend to kind of get the momentum here for the next three weeks well and let's talk about the next three weeks you're one of those teams and, and there's a number of you out there you're not alone with it but but you've got an exceptional exceptionally good road course racer and an exceptionally good speedway racer so carrying that momentum into these three weeks it's got to be good to get momentum into what should be strong points for you guys looking forward here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, uh, looking at the next three weeks, like have all the confidence in the world that we can go uh, be competitive, score a lot of points, and, and certainly put ourselves in a position to win one of the next three. Um, there are places that, you know, we feel confident about and places where we feel like we should be fast. 
Yeah, and, and you look at this, and I guess adding to that, next week, you're going to Indy. Uh, is there added pressure going to Indy with Rogers' ownership and just uh, passion for that, that environment? I, I don't look at it as added pressure. I, I think, you know, like, we all know what, what Indy means to RP, and, and, and you do as well. And, and, you know, I think for us, it's, it's more of the, you know, the opportunity to try to, to do your best to make him happy. And, and the place is so cool. Um, you know, whether you're on the Oval or the road course, just the, you know, when you look at the history of the, the Speedway, to me, I, you know, I get chills every time I go in there. Like, I, you know, you want to run good there. So um, I felt that way no matter where I work. But, you know, knowing the history that Team Penske has there, uh, just makes you want to run that much better. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, a couple of indie questions, but last year's tire didn't seem like it. F- it lost lap time. Uh, hung on there. I think Blaney actually, like maybe two stopped it. Um, he was on old tires there when he got spun at the end, and, and was very definitively defending the <laughs> the, the call. Uh, do you anticipate that we'll see uh, the tire have the life that it did last year, and 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 kind of change some strategies up for guys? You know, I don't, I don't know that it'll be a whole lot different. Um, I feel like a lot of the two stop versus three stop strategy last year to me seemed like just what kind of track position you had and guys kind of doing what they had to do to try to get track position. Um, you know, we were, I would say we were, we debated it a lot. We were right on the edge of, of whether or not that makes sense. So, um, you know, I, I don't know that you're going to see a ton of fall off. Um, I hope to see a little more, but I don't know that it'll be a lot different. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, when we look at this, we're four or five road courses into this season. I'm going to throw Chicagoland out because it was kind of a mess with everything up there. But the stage ends with no stage breaks. Um, has, has it kind of gone back to old school road course racing? How, how, how do you assess that now four or five races in uh, road course races into the season? Yeah, I think it just adds a little bit more of a, you know, a, a, some gambling of when do you pit, you know, like, do I, do I stay out to get my stage points and run the risk of getting trapped by caution? Um, you know, some of those things are, it just kind of brings into play, but it, it's also nice that you have the option to try to, if the field spread out, you don't think there's going to be a caution. You can run to through the stage and get your stage points if you're in the top ten, and then pit. You know, shortly thereafter. So uh, it's just kind of giving us some options, and, and you know, I think whenever we mix it up a little bit, you know, the longer you have a, a the you know the way it was before, we'd done it so long, everybody kind of knew. All right, either you're going to take stage points or flip the stage. Well, now you kind of created some different options. So um, you know, I think that's good to kind of mix it up a little bit. And you talk about the stage points and pieces like that. You're 53 points behind the cut line at this point, but like like Steve talked about, three racetracks that I think you'll, you've got great opportunities at. You won the Daytona 500, the last one, so there's always that in the back, and, and I feel like the Fords have been really good at the, uh, at the, at the Speedway races, so uh, that's got to be a little calming, but how do you race these next two races? And when you have those decisions, do you, do you try to be on the front side? Do you still chase some points and try to stay, chase the stage points when you can try to close that as, as much as you can, or, or is it all about just trying to find manufacture opportunities for wins? Yeah. I look at the next two weeks, the road course specifically where there is no yellow at the stage end, where those are opportunities where we could probably race for stage points without upsetting the strategy that you would need to win the race. So, um, I think those are opportunities to really gain some stage points over the next two weeks and still have good finishes uh, and even a chance to win. Uh, where I look at Daytona, where you have you know the stage breaks, where you, you know you're going to get a yellow, uh, probably a little bit differently. You may have to sacrifice stage points in one of those to try to keep yourself in position to win the race. 
Yeah, fascinating stuff. It really truly is. Indianapolis, uh, we've got a new restart zone at Indianapolis. The, the, the headline story of Indy and the headline story of Coda earlier this year was turn one. Um, what's your expectations of an impact that that restart zone might have to your driver and all the other drivers out on the track? Well, I think it's good that we're, we're trying to take steps to avoid some of these, you know, turn one, turn two early calamities that kind of kind of upset the race from being just a race, you know, like, like Coda turns into a nightmare at the, at the, you know, beginning of turn one there, like every race, uh, always some pile up there that kind of changes the outcome of the race in some way. Um, I don't think that's really good for what we're trying to accomplish. So, I, you know, I, I like the fact that we're trying to, you know, keep it about the racing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. And, and, and as you, you look at these next two, um, it seems like Fords have been on a little bit of a recovery. We've seen some speed out of guys, especially with lower downforce stuff uh, at the short tracks. Uh, where do you feel like where do you feel like Ford as a manufacturer is kind of building these last three? Yeah, I think you know it's a lot of effort, a lot of you know work from everybody, from everybody at Roush Yates to team side and, and everything that everybody's doing to try to get better. You know, we always talk about peaking at the right time, and the playoffs are coming. And, you know, whether we make it or not, you know, we're all trying to make the, the best effort we can to have our cars in a good a spot as we can when the playoffs do roll around. So, um, you know, it, it's a continued effort. Uh, you know, it kind of seems like we do this a lot where we're okay at the beginning of the year and we keep getting stronger. And, and I kind of feel like, this, you know, this year's kind of shaping up that way. And I hope that we keep building on the things that we're learning to, to get ourselves where we need to be by the end of the year. I think when we look, Jeremy, at the global Ford camp, uh, I think, you know, one time it's Penske, Stuart Haas, uh, all of a sudden Brad Keselowski's going over RFK. How, how critical, how, how important is it to have different teams within a manufacturer pushing each other? And you see what Brad is doing over there right now. Um, how, how important is it that, that you guys all keep, keep elevating each other as well as, uh, as well as the Ford brand as well? Well, I think it's, you know, it, it's one, it's key for the Ford brand that all the teams can be competitive. And I think that's great. The last thing that, you know, Ford wants is, is one team to stand out. I, I know they want, you know, all their teams to be capable of running up front. So, so that's a good thing. I think, you know, obviously everybody at RFK has done a great job and really highlighted the progress they've made over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, for us, it's kind of the same thing. We're, we're trying to, to push the bar forward as well. And, and you know, you know, with, when they're capable of running up front winning races that, that we have all the same resources and we know that we're capable as well, it's just, you know, getting all the old details right and executing on, on race day. Yeah. Fun stuff. That is for sure. Jeremy, before we cut you loose, fun stuff as well. Um, Millbridge Speedway. I see you out there occasionally. Uh, you at one time were crew chief. Now it seems like your uncle. Um, what's, uh, what, what's going on? Are you still working on cars out there? Are you going out to watch? Where's, where, where's, your, where's your point here with Millbridge Speedway with the kids racing on Tuesday nights? Yeah, so my nephew, uh, Gabe Yucano, races at Millbridge. So uh, I, everybody asks me if I'm the crew chief. I tell them, no, I'm just a consultant. I'm, I'm there to help pick gears and air pressure. That's, uh, that's pretty much my deal. But uh, no, Gabe's, uh, Gabe's actually in Iowa, uh, last night at night racing at, uh, I think it's English Creek Speedway, uh, with a ton of the kids from Millbridge. So, uh, good luck to him tonight. I hope all that goes well. And, uh, it's great to see the opportunities that all the kids have at Millbridge. And, uh, it's pretty amazing to me that, you know, they're racing on dirt vision on Tuesday night at, at you know, seven, eight, nine years old. I'm not sure they understand 
uh, what a big deal that is at that age. But that's pretty awesome. And uh, you do a lot for them out there, too. So thanks for all that you do. And it's pretty cool that they're getting the opportunities that they're getting at their age. I love our kids. I think I think I might have used this on the show a couple of weeks ago between Summer Shootout and Millbridge one night, a Tuesday night between those two tracks, we had 260 kids racing at a racetrack. So it is absolutely amazing. I, I, I don't know if I preface that last one by saying final question. If I do, I apologize. Growing up in Walnut Cove, North Carolina, did you ever run across those rascals that run over at, uh, at, over at Bowman Gray, Burt Myers and Jason Myers? You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, those guys were racing to Bowman Gray and uh, I was going to 311 Speedway working on dirt light models. And, and it's funny because we talk about the fact that, you know, like I really didn't know those guys at all at high school. It, it was either, you know, you were either at Bowman Gray or you were at 311. You were kind of like the dirt crowd and the asphalt crowd. And I've probably talked to Bert more since we got out of school than I did when we were in school. So, um, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I certainly knew them and, and knew who they were, and, but like really, we didn't really hang out with them because we were always a different racetrack. That's fun stuff. Really, truly as Jeremy, we wish you well as you work forward through these next three races and then on into the playoffs. We appreciate the time joining us here today on Crew Call. Thanks a lot, guys. There we go. Jeremy Bowens from up at Team Penske joining us on Crew Call. Stay with us more in just a moment. This season, Toyota Racing is looking for jugglers. Uh-huh. Not the ones who toss balls or rings. Fans that can juggle the rigors of a 10-month-long season across many different racing circuits. Well, what if I added knives? What if you added GR Cup, Formula Drift, and off-road racing? If you can juggle it all, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. Formula Drift is a registered trademark of Formula Drift's holdings, LLC. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. Todd Gordon and Steve Post hanging out. And uh, boy, I love, first and foremost, one of the things I've always loved, you you know me, I'm a dirt track guy, and I love Jeremy's passion for dirt track racing. He's fielded dirt late models over the course of time. Mm Boy, I just I, I like that and 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 love and respect the way uh, the way he handles himself across the board with everything. Yeah, he's a racer. He's a racer, no and, and to the point doesn't have kids of his own, but he's got a lot of passion in his nephew's uh, you know racing program there, and and you've seen it at Millbridge. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, owned some dirt late models back in the day, and, you know through the years, and and while I was at Penske, he uh, he had that going on, on the side, and and just as a love for racing. Look for good things out of the next three weeks from these guys. I, I really think the pressure isn't on Austin at at these next two road course races like it is for, say, an A.J. Allmendinger. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the Penske Speedway program's pretty strong. I feel like he's got that in a pocket that, uh, long run, he, he can always look back and say, we've got an opportunity to Daytona. Let's take a look at this playoff picture going into Indianapolis, okay? Uh, when we talk about points, Harvick 180, Brad 168, Bubba 58. Don't 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 give anything away there for your Bubba. Yeah, I, I I feel like he's in a decent spot. I feel like that this program. I mean, Booty Barker and, and Bubba Wallace have done a phenomenal job of executing. The last month, they've put together the races that they needed to to, to get themselves a points buffer. I don't know that Bubba isn't the bubble car. There's the there's that's the, the piece. But but when you look at it, he's created. He's got a fifth. He's got a race separation with three to go. They just need to execute and and really. I hope we don't see an an outlier winner at Indy because it's going to kill all of our storylines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, because, because right. Bubba and Booty have done a good job getting away from the scrum. They're so far away from it that it, it, 
I, I almost, if Bubba comes out with a top 15 finish and we have a, a Chase Elliott and Austin Sindrick, AJ Allmendinger, a, a Daniel Suarez, a Chris, you, you yeah. know, any of, any of these guys, winner, at, then the story going to Watkins Glen is going to be less. It's going to be, yeah. a, it's only about winning. Right, the bubble line is not going to be there. It's just about whether we can yeah. see a different winner. Because I, I feel like they've created separation where if we have a winner that takes up one more spot, the Bubba is the bubble is pretty solid. Yeah. Okay. So we, we, the bubble line we have now, Ty Gibbs up by three, Michael McDowell down by three, Daniel Suarez down five, AJ Allmendinger, Alex Bowman, and then we've talked about Austin Sendrick's back there, Chase Elliott's back there. But when you look at th- those... Chase those, Briscoe's back Chase there. Chase Briscoe's back there. That's Oh, that's right. Chase I mean, Briscoe's Chase Briscoe's how AJ won a couple years ago, right. right? He and Denny were racing pretty hard. That's exactly right. I, yeah. Just a ton yeah. of opportunities. A ton of opportunities. When we talk about points, Gibbs, McDowell, Suarez, those three locked within five points of each other. I think the beauty of this is when you look at the not only the next two races, but the next three races... I think if you're each of those three drivers, you feel really confident you can get stage points and or go for the win. This all plays to the strength of those three drivers particularly. Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. And I think a lot of these guys would have looked at this and said, you know, as long as we're close, we're going to yeah. be good. But we're close with a bunch of guys that feel There's, that way. Like it's yeah. the, the field's almost level in this respect because Suarez won at Sonoma last year. He's a good road racer. McDowell's a good road racer. Yeah. I, I mean... That's a, Ty Gibbs came on the scene and won a Daytona in his first, yeah. first Xfinity race. race on a road like, course. Like, all these guys are good road racers and, <laughs> and deeper in the field. I mean, Chase Elliott back in the day was yeah. in the Gen 6 car was astonishing how good he was at road courses. Right. He's been a little more human in, in the next gen car, but very good. Yeah. So I, there's, this there's is, a lot of storylines. Yeah, this is just going to be fascinating. It really, truly is. We, we had Michael on uh, during one of our rain delay coverage, which there was plenty of that in mm-hmm. Michigan. And, you know, what was the goal? He said, I would feel fine coming out of here 15 points off. Obviously, that didn't work out. They had damage on the race card and didn't get the day they wanted. He said, but the problem is, is Daniel, Ty, AJ, because I, I feel like I can go to the road courses and score stage points and run for the win. He says, here's the problem. So does Daniel Suarez, so does Ty Gibbs, so does A.J. Allmendinger, so does everyone I'm racing with. Yes. That, to me, what's makes this fascinating. Yeah, this, the, these next, three. if we don't have an outlier uh, winner, these next, I mean, that's the storyline for the next two races, right? So, uh, and, then, and then the next one comes, I mean, you don't feel great if you're Bubba, if, if there is a winner this week, you're really nervous about next week. Right, Watkins Glen, then you've got to, yeah, you, because, you can't because fumble then, the ball there. Because then, uh, if we had... If we had, say, an AJ win here, mm-hmm. I'm just an Austin Cindric. We had Jeremy Ball. Right, Austin Cindric wins at Indianapolis. What a great storyline. And you come back with an AJ or Chase Elliott win at Watkins Glen, Bob was out. Bob was out. Yeah. That's the problem. That's, and, and, that's know, where we're at. Yeah, but, because here's the problem with it, Daytona being the last race, you almost want one car bubble space. Yes. Because look at last year, Austin. Last Dillon. year. I mean, Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. were both in, in decent spots mm-hmm. because Kurt Busch, you know, yeah. gave back because he didn't want it because he wasn't going to participate. So that left the two spots for those guys until we had that major wreck and Austin Dillon snuck through the whole thing. Yeah, gosh. And then Martin Truex isn't part of the playoffs. We're in for a treat. We, that, that's what, I, I think that's what we're saying. We, yeah, these next three races. Up. We're in for a treat. We really truly are. I mean, you could put the story together that Brad Keselowski is in trouble. You, in th- yes, in theory, yes, you could. He's eighth in points. Right. 
Yeah, in the in the in the real points, the, the adding of points. If these two if these two road courses get won by people outside, yes, anybody behind Brad, yeah, it's not won. If we have new winners at these two races, you're right. Yeah, he becomes the bubble car going to Daytona. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, tell me, yeah. Gosh, hang on, folks. And and if that happens, look for Brad Keselowski to win Daytona. Oh gosh, yes. I just, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. No, the next three weeks are going to be awesome. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, It's going to be. I think. I think. And 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 and, oh, by the way, talking about Brad Keselowski's chances. His teammate, Chris Buescher, has scored more points on road courses, I think, than anybody the last year and a half. And so they could be sitting at three in a row on Sunday afternoon. And Brad would really like that in many ways. Yes, because that, <laughs> that would put him where he's pretty much locked in. He's locked in. Gosh, this is fascinating. Fun stuff. Speaking of fun stuff, we don't want to jump over this. The Truck Series, they kick off their playoff battle. Ten drivers. Round one. L- listen to this racetrack. Round one. Lucas Oil Raceway Park. The, yeah. the, the Milwaukee Mile in Kansas. How cool yeah. is that for the trucks? It's awesome. It's awesome. I, I just, I'm going to call it IRP because I'm an old school yes, guy. Exactly. Right? Lucas well, Oil, Indianapolis Raceway Park. Yeah. I'm going to call it IRP. Yeah. I just won there with Brad in 2011. I think that was going to be the last race at that place for the Xfinity Series then nationwide. Um, Cool, cool, cool racetrack. If, if for us old school guys, that's where Thursday Night Thunder was, the old Silver Crown cars yeah. out there. The lane is up against the wall. You can turn down the hill. You can slide job. There's just, it's, what a great place to kick off the truck playoffs. Yeah. And then Milwaukee, iconic. Yeah. Iconic. This, this racetrack dates back to what, 1903 or something? So, something like that. Yeah. It's like the oldest, like one of those. Flat as can be. You can't like it's just, <laughs> and then we go to Kansas yep. where you can run, rip the wall up there with those trucks, yeah. or you can run the bottom. Like yeah. it's what a great first round truck series playoffs going to be awesome. That's for sure. So we'll see what happens there. Motor Racing Network will have the coverage from Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park, and it's double header coverage. Six o'clock, the Arkham Menard Series for the Reese's Two Hundred, and at eight thirty, the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, the T Sport Two Hundred, kicking off the playoffs. And then the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network has coverage of the Xfinity Series and coverage of the Cup Series from Indy. So, fun times, fun stuff. Went yeah. for a treat. Yeah. The next month's going to be awesome. Put your seat in the full upright position. Uh, uh, position yeah, fast, fast your seat belts. seat belts. Because hang on, it's going to be good. That's for sure. He is Todd Gordon. I am Steve Bost. We are grateful. Jeremy Bowens joining us here on the program. More important than all of that, though, thank you for joining us and watching or listening this week to Crew Call.